Welcome to Milkman Sports, delivered fresh daily with your hosts, Casey Avila and Derek DeRuder. What's up, football fans? Welcome into another episode of the Milkman Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. We're back after an unexpected uh, leave of absence, if you will, but uh, we're back ready to give you guys some content and ready to roll. I'm joined with Casey. Casey, how are you doing? Good, man. Yeah, we had to miss our uh, afternoon coverage of the games, and uh, we didn't get to record yesterday just because of a couple of hiccups, but uh, back on track. We're here to review all the games since Thursday night, so we've got about 15 games to go through, and we have... The Ravens and Chiefs playing right now. It's currently second quarter, about five minutes to go, and it's twenty to ten. With the Chiefs up right now. Yeah, this Monday night game is kind of making me nervous. Um, in the big dynasty league I run, I'm in a win now mode, and well, Casey, you know my team, and I'm playing against Greg, who we ranked as the twelfth, the, the worst team in the league, <laughs> and he's within striking distance on me right now. I mean, I got I got Kelsey and Clyde, but he's got Mahomes going off right now. Yeah, I'm um, I'm ahead in some leagues. I think in your league, um, it's over for me. I think I've already lost at this point. But um, you know, so I'm still in it in a couple. That's going to be close. You know, when you're in five leagues, you're bound to have a couple close games probably every week, no matter what. Um, should we just jump right in since we've got 15 games to cover? Yeah, let's just jump into the water and start swimming with the dolphins and jaguars. <laughs> like what you did there. Um, very carefully. Yeah, this was a really nice game from Ryan Fitzpatrick. He only had two incompletions. Um, you know, he didn't throw for a lot of yards, but he had the two touchdowns and he had the rushing touchdown to go with it. It seems that he's held off. He's going to be holding off Tua for the starting job, which I kind of anticipated for at least the first half of the year. Uh, Red, what were your thoughts on the rest of this game? I was disappointed in Garter Minshew. I called him out for uh, Minshew Mania, and it was it was the complete opposite. Uh, I think he just kind of missed uh, DJ Chark being out there. He made some ugly throws. It just every time I looked up at the TV, it just seemed like he was overthrowing someone. And maybe it was just like I said, maybe it's that preseason mode, and you're coming off. You know, you're playing your second game in what a four day window. Not a lot of prep time. So, I mean, I guess you can't hang too much on it. But the star of the night, man, is James Robinson. Um, going forward, this guy's an RB2. I mean, 27 fantasy points. Come on, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're playing against the Dolphins, but, I mean, he's playing this role better than what Leonard Fournette did last year. Yeah, he uh, was very involved in the passing game. He had six targets, caught all six of them for 83 yards, and then he had the you know 11 carries to go with it. So they don't really seem to be using just about anybody else, maybe a little bit of Chris Thompson. He had six targets in this game, so I guess he got some, but – he, didn't, he only got two carries, so James Robinson has this backfield almost all to himself. Um, you know, if they can just be kind of in games, and I think with Minshew, they'll kind of always be in most games. Um, this is probably going to be one of his worst games, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, I think that James Robinson is definitely someone that could be an RB2 for sure. Could even have some RB1 days. Um you know, with the receivers, it seemed like Keelan Cole was, you know, the first couple of weeks, but it really is a very spread the wealth offense. You know, Chris Conley, he only had uh, three catches for 34 yards, but he got eight targets. You know, DJ Chark sat and, you know, we thought that maybe Keelan Cole would be the one that gets the bump, but no, he only still had five targets. Um, LaVisca Chenault got six. They're, they're really spreading it out. Um, the Dolphins side, you know, Preston Williams still kind of struggling a little bit out the gate. We'll see. It seems like Devontae Parker, he didn't have the biggest day, but he seems to be the number one receiver right now other than maybe Mike Isecki, who he caught a touchdown on only one one catch. Better than nothing, I guess. Yeah, his fantasy day, he was saved because of that catch. Yeah, and Miles Gaskin was the, was the guy that, you know, I think everyone – James Robinson was a big surprise, but Miles Gaskin here, he's getting 27 touches in this game. Wasn't very efficient with it, but it seems that he's definitely the lead guy over both Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. Yeah. Um, I like Miles Gaskin. Um, he's, he's growing on me a little bit. I mean, if you like James Robinson as an RB two, you've got to like Miles Gaskin as a flex play. I mean, with all the injuries at the running back position too, I mean, 
he's got value to him. He's got value to him. I mean, 27 touches is hard to argue with. Yeah. Doesn't matter what offense you're in. I mean, I like Joe Mixon and he's getting 20 carries with Cincinnati. We got Miles Gaskins over here touching the ball 27 times and he's more productive than Mixon. Yeah, I don't expect him. I mean, it's it's t- it, it I, was like, I don't expect him to touch the ball 27 times, but if that's, you know, 20 times is going to be closer to the average, that's still big time numbers, you know, from a volume perspective. So you can't ignore it. Even if they kind of have a weird backfield where maybe Jordan Howard gets all these goal line touches, you can't ignore about 20 touches per game from a running back. Um, our next game yeah. um, that we have is the Chicago Bears who – Pulled out the big comeback against the Atlanta Falcons. And big story from this is Nick Foles replacing Trubisky. Um, any thoughts on, I think they named Foles a starter today. They said that it would probably be for the foreseeable future, not like on a game-by-game basis. Do you think Nick Foles has a opportunity to put a better fantasy numbers than Trubisky has so far? I think so. And he's going to tar- zone in on Allen Robinson. It's, I, I said it in the previous podcast, we used to run R&K, but um, I called out Robinson if Foles takes over. He's that same frame as Alshon Jeffrey. You go look what Nick Foles did with Alshon Jeffrey with the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, it's it's there, the opportunity is there, and I told you guys to hang tight with Allen Robinson, and I hope you guys did. I mean, 10 catches, 123 yards, and a touchdown. That's, that's legit. Um, uh, Anthony Miller, he bounced back. He could have had a bigger day, but they called the they called the touchdown back on him. He could have had two touchdowns today. So uh, from what I've seen, the receivers look good, but I don't know. Uh, Nick Foles still made some ugly throws. He still made some pretty ugly throws. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. But uh, what are your thoughts on David Montgomery after Tariq Cohen tearing his ACL? Yeah, it's unfortunate that Tariq Cohen tore his ACL and he's done for the year. So I think that definitely gives Montgomery a bump. Um, because he can already play mm-hmm. in the in, in passing down situation. So uh, he, he's instead of them replacing Cohen with another guy in the lineup, it's probably just going to be Montgomery getting more of the touches. So uh, he's got RB1 potential, in my opinion, with Nick Foles kind of running a what I would just call a healthy offense. It doesn't have to be super explosive. They just have to keep the ship flip because the defense is still good enough to keep him in a lot of games. So uh, Montgomery definitely uh, like his upside. And and I think, yeah, Allen Robinson's a clear winner out of this too because he's going to get all these targets, but he'll finally be able to catch him. You know, Nick Foles, he didn't really get a lot of the reps in, uh, you know, the first couple weeks of the season with the ones. And so he was coming off the bench. I'm sure he'll work out some of those kinks, but I think everyone in the – the Bears pass game gets a boost, and apparently Jimmy Graham will be getting the biggest boost. He caught two touchdowns the other day. Yeah. Um, going forward, though, I think I'm going to start every player that's playing against the Falcons team. I can't believe they blew another lead, especially to the Chicago Bears, bro. That's bad. Yeah, that's going to probably be not too far from now when that coach loses his job, unfortunately. I'm sure Dan Quinn will get hired to be like a coordinator or something afterwards. Maybe he'll get another shot at a head coaching job even. But um, you can't keep having these collapses at the end of games. You know, the Super Bowl was bad enough, but, you know, now it's spilling over a couple years later into the regular season where you're having these historic just uh, come on, you know, you, you, how long can you put up with that as an owner, as a GM? Um, on the Falcons side of the ball offensively, you know, Matt Ryan had a tough day. This was a tough Bears defense, so I'll give him credit for, you know, I'll give him a pass for having a rough day. You know, Gurley got, got the touchdown, but Brian Hill seemed to be a little more efficient. And, I mean, Julio Jones didn't play in this game, but Calvin Ridley – even though he only caught five of his 13 targets, still made the most of them, had 110 receiving yards. I think at this point, Kelvin Ridley's a wide receiver one, locked in week in, week out, undeniable, um, regardless of whether Julio's playing or not. He probably gets a bit of a bump with Julio not playing, but uh, Calvin Ridley, I know we talked about him back on our old podcast. Um, he's, he's someone that, from a dynasty perspective, has to be one of the most desirable wide receivers in the league. Yeah, at this point, yeah, especially, yeah, dynasty. Um, Russell Gage, he left the game. Uh, he left the concussion or a hamstring? I feel like it, I think it was a concussion. We'll have Josh come on tomorrow to yeah. come talk injuries and everything, but um, yeah, and then uh, Hayden Hurst saved his fantasy day with the touchdown, and he was just pretty much Mike Gesecki. 
Yeah, dislike the but, uh, you know one catch on three targets, but I like the touchdowns. Speaking of touchdowns, uh, McCall Hardman just caught a big touchdown from Patrick Mahomes. No, yeah, he I didn't. did. Forty-nine yard touchdown reception. No. Oh my! I'm only winning by three uh, now. Yeah, that's just inside two minutes of the second quarter too. So there's plenty of game to be played. It's not looking good for you, Red. Yeah, plenty of game for Mahomes to be that's throwing. Hopefully, they can run the ball with Clyde. Anyways, let's keep rolling. Let's keep yeah. rolling with the podcast. Um. Yeah, I guess we could just kind of go ahead and roll over to the next game, the L.A. Rams and the Buffalo Bills. Man, speaking of comebacks, the Rams made this crazy comeback there and actually pulled ahead for a little bit when they were down at one point, like like 28-3 to or something. The fact that they pulled ahead was pretty crazy, but Josh Allen pulled it out. Four passing touchdowns, the rushing touchdown. What more can you say about Josh Allen three games into the season? Evan Silva was right. You know, he's on his MVP run. I mean, he's going to be competing with Russell Wilson, but, I mean, Josh Allen's going to have a couple of votes for MVP at the end of this year. Uh, Devin Singletary, he had 121 total yards, so he he benefited from Zach Moss being gone. He looked good, but still didn't get a goal line carry, so he's just going to be more volume-based. Uh, Cole Beasley, six catches, 100 yards. Uh, Stephon Diggs, he was efficient, but caught four passes for 49 yards, but he got the touchdown. So 14 fantasy points. That's not bad in half PPR. Oh, Tyler Croft. Tyler Croft caught two touchdowns. So that's that's my bad on the Ryan Griffin call. Uh, seems that Croft will be involved if Knox misses more time. Yeah, even Lee Smith, the blocking tight end, caught a touchdown. So I think that Dawson Knox comes back. That's probably not going to happen with those guys. Again, I wouldn't chase those points. But uh, yeah, I did like Singletary's usage. I liked uh daryl henderson's usage from the rams uh, you know he's someone that a lot of people gave up on but i've just been holding him i've been calling him just like a lotto ticket because with cam Akers and even malcolm brown you just didn't know how much room there was for him to get touches but you know with the you know cam Akers out malcolm brown's dealing with his own finger injury you know henderson had a nice day and i, I don't know if anyone's really going to truly seize control over this backfield but while those other guys are even lightly banged up, you could probably use Henderson as an RB too. Um, maybe a maybe he's, that's a, a little too soon to say that. Maybe you're more comfortable using him as a flex, but he's got room for more. Uh, Goff had a nice day. He got the rushing touchdown too to pad his stats. Cooper Cup had a nice day. Robert Woods had a nice day. Higby, unfortunately, came back to earth after having the three-touchdown game. So lots of good to see offensively for both of these teams, you know, Diggs, even Beasley at this point, you got to say he's on the PPR radar um, as a, as a weekly flex, but a lot of, a lot of positive between uh, these two offenses. I'd be happy if I was owners of most of the players that we talked about. Yeah. Um, just real quick between the Van Jefferson and Josh Reynolds deal. It looks like, uh, Josh Reynolds kind of has the grip on the wide receiver three job. If anybody's following that. So yeah, Jefferson's still playing a lot. I have a feeling that they're just going to kind of take turns having, you know, who's like, there's no strict number three receiver. It's going to kind of depend on game flow, the game plan, things like that. But, um, yeah, it's good to see Reynolds involved after Jefferson seemed like he was the one that was a little bit more involved earlier in the season. Yep. All right, let's go ahead and move on down to the Washington football team and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, <laughs> Dwayne Haskins is not the answer. He's going to get replaced pretty soon. He looked like dog on, on Sunday. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of games, but from what I've seen from Haskins, he did not look good at all. And Ron Rivera came out today and said that his... Yeah, he said something along the lines of like, there's a certain line, like there's a there's a tipping point of like where he's got there it a, is. bench Haskins, and I know that they are very comfortable with uh, Kyle Allen, who's the backup right now, as Alex Smith continues to recover. He's he's recovered, but now he just needs to have enough practice reps to keep them comfortable, I guess. So I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility we see both of those guys at some point, um, but. Yeah, probably Kyle Allen first just because of Alex Smith's health. But Haskins, I just was down on him going into this year. I had a feeling this would happen. It wasn't like some super high draft pick. You know, he was a first-round pick, but he was like the number 16 pick. They didn't trade up to go get him. I think it was just there weren't a lot of other players on the board that 
they felt like could make as big of a difference as Haskin did if he if he hit, but he doesn't look ready. He still came in like super young, super raw. I'm not saying that we should throw in the towel on his career, but um, with the Washington football team making a lot of changes, it would not be surprising to see them in the Trevor Lawrence race or them go after maybe like a Justin Fields kind of guy. Um, what did you yeah. think of uh, the the running backs for Cleveland? They had a they each had good days again. Oh yeah, the, the team is going to run through the running backs. Uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, uh, r- running back ones at this point. You know, it's 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 hard to argue. I mean, they're running the ball thirty something times a game. What are you going to do? You know, and Kareem Hunt, if he's still not getting as many touches as Chubb or uh, rushing attempts as Chubb he's going to be getting the receptions out of the backfield. So, and he caught another receiving touchdown yesterday. Um, yeah, things are looking pretty good for the rushing side, the passing side. Whoo, Odell Beckham Jr. He is not going to break out this year. I called for it. I'm ready to just say, hey, he's more of a low end, or he's more of a mid wide receiver too at this point. Um, there's just not enough target share going to him. I mean, only t- six targets a game is... That's not going to do it for you for a bounce back season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that it's basically all, I don't really want to own most of the passing game here. I mean, I'm already not the biggest fan of Mayfield this year. He's been, he's efficient enough to get the job done, you know, but um, I, I bought both of the running backs. I'm playing them every week. Chubb's an RB one hunt has, he's an RB two probably most weeks, but even in a bad week, he's probably a high end flex. Yeah, Beckham's going to end up being one of those guys that's a better real-life player than fantasy until something changes in that offense. Um, Landry, unfortunately, looks like he's going to lose his PPR value. He relies on a lot of volume. It looks like he's not going to get much of it. Maybe someone in this passing game, you know, maybe one of the tight ends steps up. Harrison Bryant caught a touchdown. That was nice to see. Um, You know, Austin Hooper had another down week. I'm basically cutting him at this point on my fantasy roster if I – I don't even think I have him, but if I did, I I would I'd be cutting bait at this point. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd rather just have the running backs. You know, on the other side, like Terry McLaurin had, you know, eight targets. He only caught four of them, but had 83 yards. I'm, I'm definitely wanting him, even though Haskins is struggling. And Gibson is another guy that, as the season goes on, he'll get stronger. You know, he only had 12 touches. He did fumbles uh, once too, but he had the touchdown. Um, Maybe like, I know Logan Thomas is running a lot of routes. It just seems that, like he's being affected by the QB probably more than most. So he's someone I'd maybe hold on to and hope that they make a QB switch and it affects him positively. All right, let's go ahead and move on to um, me and my brother's team played against each other. He's a Tennessee Titans fan, and unfortunately I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. Did I ever tell you why the Vikings wear purple, Casey? Why is that? Because we've been choking for so long. Uh... Yeah, you know, uh, it's weird to see the Vikings at 0-3. I could see the Titans at 3-0. They were a good team. They were in the AFC Championship game last year. But the Vikings at 0-3 is a little weird to see. Uh, Kirk Cousins, they're just not getting enough from him. He threw three touchdowns, but he had two picks. You know, Dalvin Cook had an unbelievable day. This is why he was drafted as one of the top running backs. You know, Justin Jefferson had a nice coming out party. You know, Adam Thielen, it was good that he caught the touchdown to make up for the rest of his bad day. Um you know, Irv Smith, yeah, didn't even get a target. You know, he's someone that in redraft is completely droppable. In Dynasty, I'd have some serious concerns. Um, you know, I, I'm sure that Jefferson, this will probably be one of, if not his best game of the year, you know. But um, yeah, don't chase. Yeah, points. I wouldn't chase points too much. He, he's someone that's worth having on your roster, but he's not someone you probably want to start anytime soon. Um, what did you think of, uh, what did you think of your team? Mm, well, to me, it seemed like they had pretty control of the game for a while. I mean, I was watching like four different games at once, but it seemed like Minnesota had the lead the whole time. And what do you know? We got another loss. So whoop de doo But Kirk Cousins, just Kirk Cousins day. Yeah, he threw three touchdowns. But like you said, he threw two picks. So, I mean, still only 20 points. You need to be around 25 points to be in the top 12 quarterbacks. So for, for, for a weekly scoring. Um, other than that, it's just, if your name isn't Dalvin cook, I don't want you on my fantasy team from Minnesota. 
Yeah, even Kirk Cousins, like I mentioned earlier, you know, he's like a QB2 and super flex, but with these turnovers, like the way my dynasty league is set up is you get penalized a little more than what you normally would for interceptions. So, like, yikes, you know, they just signed him to an extension, you know, I think this offseason too. So if they're married to him for a little bit, that's not good. Like they, if this is what they're going to get for the next couple of years, you can see why they're 0-3. Hopefully he'll turn it around, but 0-3 is going to be hard to, to dig back from. I think basically Derrick Henry is what happened to them. <laughs> you know, uh, Ryan Tannehill didn't have any touchdowns, but he threw for a lot of yards and, uh, but Derrick Henry was up to his usual, you know, almost 30 touches. And, you know, he scored twice. So he's someone I just uh, – I'll take him as a top five running back week in, week out. Um, not a lot from the receiving game. I guess Corey Davis did a little bit there. He's he's still having a you know, decent decent season. Uh, Johnny Smith, I guess, it was also decent too. But um, – I don't know. Like I'm basically just leaning on Derrick Henry for the most part in this offense and maybe Johnny Smith. Yeah. Well, AJ Brown's going to be out for a couple more weeks with the deep bone bruise. Josh will talk more about that tomorrow, but um, we can expect a little bit more from Corey Davis and Jonu in the upcoming weeks. Cause with AJ Brown now, that's just going to boost, boost their target share up just a bit. Yeah. Corey Davis is someone that, he, you know, he's still, is someone that everyone like he was the top five overall pick in the draft when he came out, but um, he, he was just a late bloomer and maybe it was partially due to injuries and some coaching changes, whatever it might be, but um, he's on the right track. He's someone that I think is becoming usable almost, you know, just about week in week out, probably as a flex. Especially with all the wide receiver injuries. I mean, you can start him if your if your league starts three wide receivers, you can throw him in in that third wide receiver spot and be okay for the week. Yeah, right, right. Uh, Let's go ahead and move on, Dan. Yeah, our next game we have the Las Vegas Raiders and the New England Patriots. It still feels weird saying Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Cam Newton came back to earth a little bit. You know, he had uh, only nine carries for twenty-seven yards. Um, he still passed for a touchdown, but they won pretty convincingly. They didn't need Cam to do a lot when Rex Burkhead, of all people, someone that scores three touchdowns, has, you know, what, 13 touches, about 100 or 98 total yards. He had 49 rushing, 49 receiving. So he's about a, literally as balanced as you could ask for. And then Sony Michelle had the, the big carry that got him over 100 yards, too. Um, yeah, um, I, I'm still probably hesitant to rely on any of the Patriots running backs. I know they all kind of have good days. Once James White comes back, he'll have a, a the big role in the passing game. But all these other guys are just going to take turns having big days. Um, and Kill Harry kind of bounced back a little bit too, or, or came back to earth a little bit, I, I should say, with only uh, two catches and 34 yards. And Edelman didn't really have a good day either. But um, I'm, I'm definitely still holding Cam Newton, still have high hopes for him. Um, I know you just trade – did you just trade away and kill Harry or did you just trade for him? No, um, Josh did. Oh, okay. He traded for I, – I owned a kill Harry. I traded a third-round pick for him last year when all the Brady stuff started coming out, and I used that opportunity to air quote, unquote, buy low for him. I don't know if a third-round pick is still what he's worth. Right. I mean, he was a first-round rookie pick last year. Yeah. Um, on the other side, what did you think of uh, what did you think of the Raiders? They only really had like one guy have a decent day, and that was Hunter Renfro. Yeah, the Patriots did what the Patriots did, and they removed the opposing team's best player. Darren Waller was not involved at all. Uh, Josh Jacobs, even in a half PPR day, he only has seven point eight points. You're not really too thrilled with that that coming out of a first, second round pick for you in your startup drafts. Derek Carr, he had a lot of volume passing. He had two touchdowns, but he also turned the ball over twice. So I guess that kind of nullifies one of those touchdown points, the four-point touchdowns you get. So, um, yeah, really, it was just Hunter Renfro had a day, and I just kind of feel like that was because Brian Edwards was hurt. Uh, I don't think Henry Ruggs played. Darren Waller was pretty much removed from the game by Bill Belichick. Yeah, that, it was it was almost like a Kirk Cousins day, you know, just spread the ball around and 
that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think that uh, John Gruden mentioned that he was worried about both Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs, um, their injuries. So we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, yeah, so Hunter Renfro, if your waivers are rolling tomorrow and you don't hear what we have to say about waivers, uh, you can put Hunter Renfro on your radar as long as Edwards and Ruggs are injured. Yeah, for sure, because he got nine targets and – uh, Derek Carr likes throwing him the ball. He's one of the guys that he trusts, and so I would expect Renfro to be a high-volume guy while some of these other guys are injured. Yep. Uh, we can move on to the San Francisco 49ers and the New York Giants. And, you know, if there was any game that the Niners you know, could have lost to, like, one of the bad teams of the NFL, and I guess the Giants can be in that category, especially since they've lost to Quan Barkley, um, you know, it felt like this would be the game. You know, they're going from the west or the yeah, the west coast to the east coast, and they're, I mean, totally injured across the board on offense and defense. They're playing a bit with their backup quarterback, and yet they win thirty-six to nine. Um, <laughs> you know, with all their backups playing. Um, what did you think of this San Francisco offense, <clears throat> littered full of guys that are on most guys' uh, uh, waiver wires? Yeah, well, the first and obvious one is going to be Jeff Wilson. Uh, he got 15 touches, which I think is what I called out was like 12 to 15 touches for him. May have been 10, but still, man, 20 fantasy points. He had two touchdowns, 12 carries. Uh, he only had 15 yards with those 12 carries, but, man, three catches, 54 yards. He looked good, and Jarek McKinnon left the game injured. I think, I think Wilson is the last running back standing with the Niners, so... If that's going to be the case, he should be your number one waiver priority if he's there, just based on how Shanahan likes to run the ball. Nick Mullins looked good. He came in and threw for 340 yards, but I think I can do that against the Giants, um, even with injured wide receivers. Give me some AAF wide receivers, and I think I could throw for 400 yards against the Giants. And, man, yeah, Brandon Ayuk, he looked good, though. He had uh, three carries, 31 yards. He had a touchdown, had five catches, another 70 yards. Nice coming out day for the rookie, but uh, kind of similar to what we said from with Justin Jefferson. This may be one of more of his ceiling games. George Kittle is going to come back healthy, and they just activated Debo Samuel off the IR today. Yeah, he's going to have to get some practices in before he plays. I think I read a report that said they're shooting for week five. Um and, you know, it's unfortunate that Jordan Reed got hurt again because he was playing well and you know, was being a big part of that receiving game with all these guys out. But, um, you know, maybe with Brandon Ayuk healthy now and now Debo Samuel's around the corner, you know, Kendra Bourne still has been useful. Um, they like using Jet McKinnon out of the backfield too. So they have enough to kind of – get by Nick Mullins is I think a competent backup so they can get by with him from a fantasy perspective. I would temper your expectations um, on the Giants side. I'm basically just steering clear of everybody. I don't think that there's one guy. I mean, I guess I'm playing Evan Ingram because he, there's not a lot of tight ends to pick from. So I'll play him, but I don't want anything to do with Daniel Jones. I don't really want anything to do with any of those running backs. I don't think, at this point, I'm willing to rely on any of these receivers. I guess, like, you know, Golden Tate and Darius Slayton each got seven targets, but I just don't trust that Daniel Jones can get them the ball enough in good situations. It's going to be like these, yeah, five catches for 36 yards, three catches for 53 yards. Like, it's just not enough to be, you know, a weekly play. I'm, I'm pretty much avoiding every giant at this point. Uh, just in full PPR. Golden Tate's really the only one rosterable as long as Sterling Shepard's out. Darius Slayton, I feel like, is more of a desperation play. Um, yeah, steer clear of the running backs. Let's move on to the next game. Yeah, we had our first tie this season. I hate tie. Oh. Uh, uh, Bengals and Eagles, which I believe they tied a couple of years ago or something, too. It's weird they tied again. Um, you know, Joe Burrow had a nice day again for being a rookie. had a... 312 yards and two passing touchdowns. You know, your boy Joe Mixon, though, man, had another tough game. Obviously, you're going to have to keep playing him with the kind of volume he gets, but I don't think he's got a good schedule coming up either. Or is it that he has a good schedule coming up? I feel like he has a good he has a good schedule coming up. And that's up. what it is. I'm getting him. He plays Jacksonville next week. 
Yeah, there's another there's another guy that's getting ready to hit a Brewers schedule, and I'm getting him confused with Joe Mixon. Maybe it'll come to me later. Um, Tyler Boyd, though, another one of your boys. He had a big day. That was really nice to see. Um, kind of getting a little more on track with AJ Green. You know, T Higgins had a nice coming out party with the two touchdowns. I hope you guys picked him up before last week started. I called that out. Yeah, too. I think you did. I do remember you mentioning T Higgins. I was just really disappointed with Drew Sample. I thought he'd get a lot of touches and he only had one target and caught it for a yard. Um, what did you think of the rest of the, what'd you think of the Bengals? Well, I knew Joe Mixon was going to have a bad game. Their offensive line isn't really to what I wanted, to where I thought it was going to be. And the Eagles' front seven's legit. They're good run-stopping defense. So I'm not writing Joe Mixon a third hall pass. Don't hear what I'm not saying. It's I'm definitely frustrated with Mixon, but I'm holding on tight still. He plays Jacksonville in the next coming week. And I believe he plays Jacksonville. He plays Baltimore, which that's a tough one. And then he plays Indy, Cleveland, Tennessee, who da- who uh, Dalvin Cook just ran all over. So he's got a good coming, good matchup coming up over the next month. So we'll see where he's at from there. Um, and Joe Mixon's a second half player. You know, he started out just as bad last year, and you know, once he gets going, he's he's rolling. So don't pull the plug yet. And I am actually trying to buy low on him. I'm not telling you guys to go buy low on him, but you know, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm still rolling with him. Yeah, I'd say that there's got to be better days ahead. He's still... Yeah, these are his floor days, and he's touching the ball 20 times. He, it's going to hit at some point. Yeah, yeah. he'll He's going to have a nice little run, and you're going to remember why you took Joe Mixon early. Don't don't give up on him. Um, Absolutely. On the other side, man, Carson Wentz is kind of having a rough season. He had the rushing touchdown and 65 rushing yards, which gave him a little bit of a boost, but two interceptions... He just has not looked all that great this year, so that's becoming concerning. Um, what were your thoughts on Carson Wentz? I said Carson Wentz, if he struggled in this matchup against the Bengals, we need to be concerned. And he had two ugly interceptions against the Bengals. Yeah, he had 65 rushing yards, but I'm going to pull the same joke. I could run for 65 yards against the Bengals. Um yeah, it's. I'm not impressed with Carson Wentz. I heard on a couple podcasts today that he's droppable in single quarterback leagues. I think his schedule coming up is brutal too. Speaking of brutal schedules, let me see. Yeah, he plays San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and Baltimore the next three games. No thank this you. This was, I think, the team that I was thinking about that has a rough schedule. It was the Miles Sanders. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll handle he, it. He had a nice day too, I guess. Like, he didn't uh, score a touchdown, but he, the the usage was nice. Um, he had 18 carries, and they still threw to him eight times. He only caught four of them, but still, 22 touches. I'll take that every week. Um, Greg Ward surprisingly had the, the the nice day. I guess all the receivers are banged up, so you know, Arcega Whiteside didn't play or barely played, I should say. Jalen Rager's obviously out with that thumb injury. Sean Jackson had the hamstring. Yeah, it's getting hard. So, you know, Greg Ward, you know, that was nice to see him involved. Even Dallas Goddard said he's going to miss some time with an ankle injury. We'll have Josh talk about that. But, you know, Zach Ertz, I think, is probably the beneficiary of all this. You know, they're going to – he's going to get used quite a bit because, you know, Carson Wentz already likes to use him a lot, especially with a lot of these other guys that haven't had a lot of playing time. I, I expect Zach Ertz to have a nice little run here. Yeah. Yep. Well said. Let's go ahead and move on down to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Houston Texans. Yeah. Again, here's another team where Texans are 0 3, kind of like the Vikings of like, it's kind of hard to see how they got here, you know? Um, Deshaun Watson, another one of your guys, he had, a, he had an okay day. He had the interception. He didn't really do anything running the ball. Um, I think it's just that they were playing one of the better defenses in the league. Um, and I think that also yeah. is the reason why David Johnson had a rough day too. What were your thoughts on the Texans? Uh, the Texans side, Will Fuller, he caught four passes for 54 yards and a touchdown. So it was good to see him bounce back from that. What was it? A hamstring injury he was nursing? Yeah, he didn't really do anything but, last uh, week. Yeah. Randall Cobb, 
you know, he caught four balls, 95 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's rosterable, but I'm not ready to start him yet. Um, for anybody kind of looking forward to the Miles Sanders kind of dropping back to Philly real quick, we've seen what David Johnson did against Pittsburgh, and that's one of the upcoming matchups for Miles Sanders. So just kind of keep that in mind, only 11 PPR points. So um, on the other side, though, your boy James Conner with Pittsburgh went off. Yeah, I had a feeling that this was, uh, you know, what we're going to see out of James Conner if he was healthy. He's pretty involved in the past game, and, you know, he got 18 carries on the ground, so that was good to, good to see. Um, it was unfortunate to see Deontay Johnson get hurt because I had a feeling that he was in for a big day, but Juju picked up some of that slack with the touchdown, the two-point conversion. Um, if Deontay Johnson has to miss any time, I think James Washington gets a boost. Maybe Eric Ebron, who had it also, he had a nice day. Uh, five catches, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Um, you know, between all the backups behind James Conner, it's going to be a crapshoot. It'll probably be Benny Snell, you know, but, you know, Anthony McFarland, now he's starting to get a little bit involved too. So, um, and, you know, Ben didn't have a real big day. You know, the Texans have some of their own defensive playmakers themselves, but, you know, he, uh, I'm still not convinced that we're going to see a, been chucking the ball like crazy this year coming off of that elbow injury you know when you get up in the middle of the night and you're walking down the hallway and you're got to go to the bathroom and it's dark and you think you see a ghost over your shoulder and you turn around real quick all panicked yep and you find out it was nothing <laughs> that's eric ebron with the steelers you think you've seen something don't change it. I'm still not buying the Steelers tight end. I'm buying that. I've always kind of liked Eric Ebron. I, he does drop too many passes. I'll give him that. But um, he he still is enough of a playmaker. He gets it done. Uh, I, yeah. I, I'm not saying that you need to go plug him in as your tight end one, but I feel like he's like an ideal second tight end. He's streamable in a positive matchup is what you're saying. Yeah. Or, or yeah, I'd hold up. I wouldn't let him sit on the waiver wire. All right, cool. Too much time on Steelers uh, tight ends on this podcast. Colts <laughs> and the Dets. Uh, the Colts played half the game and pulled everybody. Uh, 36 to 7 was the final score. Casey, what are your thoughts on the Jets? I mean, can we even call them the Jets? We should be calling them the paper airplanes at this time, at this point. <laughs> uh, you know, Sam Darnold, three yes. picks. <laughs> he can't get anything done with the offensive line. They got no, you know, run game that's useful. Um, they're down to nobody at wide receiver. I could go play wide receiver for them. Uh, you know, they're not even using Chris Herndon as a receiver because they need him as a blocker. I don't want any Jets. And it's unfortunate because, I mean, Sam Darnold's going to get he's, – he's going to get ruined. Like, he's going to have, like, career-long, like, scars from having to play in this situation, and it sucks. And maybe he'll be able to work through the but... At the end of the day, they're going to turn over a new page, and they're going to be in the quarterback hunt next year's draft too. So I feel like this is probably Sam Darnold's last year with the Jets, uh, assuming that uh, they, they move on. Maybe he's a bridge quarterback. I feel like they'd probably just trade him for whatever they could get for him. But, yeah, we don't need to spend too much time talking about the Jets. He, there's, there's nobody you really need to be invested in. I know Braxton Berrios had a decent day, but you don't need to worry about that. Nope. Nope, nope. What nope. were your thoughts on uh on the Colts and uh you know Philip Rivers having a eh, he was more efficient than having a good day, I guess, but what'd you boys think of them overall? Well, Philip Rivers, he was he was efficient, like you said. He only missed on four passes, and it was good to not see him turn the ball over. Uh he threw for two hundred yards, had a touchdown. So I mean, eleven fantasy points and pretty much what three, two and a half quarters of football, something like that. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to complain too much. I mean, I just, I wasn't starting them in the first place in one quarterback leagues. I actually, I think I actually dropped them. So um, Jonathan Taylor's one of my guys. They didn't. This this game got out of hand quick. It wasn't really no need to uh, really play these guys throughout the rest of the game, especially with all the soft soft tissue injuries going around in the league. I mean, last week was one of the bigger injury weeks that I've ever seen playing fantasy football, and probably that's kind of stuck in everyone's minds and it's just kind of, let's take our foot off the gas. Let's get out of here and get out of here with the cheap one. Yeah. You know, that's, I think why, uh, you know, a lot of these guys suffered was, yeah, they just 
got ahead a little too early. So we'll see better days from Jonathan Taylor. It's nice to see Neheim Hines involved again. I think Taylor had 14 touches to Hines having 11. That was that was nice. Um, Hilton, unfortunately, had a rough day. Michael Pittman's going to be out for a while. He has uh, this calf injury called compartment syndrome. Josh and I were talking about it before I hopped on here. He'll, he'll obviously bring that up tomorrow. Um, I'll, I'll say this. Mo Alley-Cox is someone that I think I was already comfortable using him this week because I didn't think Jack Doyle was going to really get many options in the past game, and um, he didn't. He didn't throw to him once. And, you know, he only – Ali Cox only had three targets, but he caught all three of them for 50 yards and a touchdown. He had a nice game last week too. He's someone to keep an eye on with, uh, you know, Michael Pittman being out. Yeah. And Jack Doyle was active too last, or I keep saying, wanting to say last week, but it was yesterday. Uh, He was active and he was like a nobody. So yeah, Mo Ali Cox appears to have that job on pretty good grip on that job right now. Yeah. I think we can uh, move on to the Carolina Panthers and the Los Angeles Chargers. And, you know, it's good to see, uh, you know, Bridgewater having a nice little day again, probably more efficient than anything. But, you know, he, he had a couple of tough games there with a few few interceptions. Um, Mike Davis kind of had like a lot of usage, how just kind of how we expected, you know. But uh, 22 touches, you know, 13 carries, eight catches. Um, had a right around 90 some yards overall. And, uh, you know, I, I'd say that you can play him pretty comfortably as an RB2 as long as McCaffrey's out. Um, Robbie Anderson is the one, he seems to be the most consistent receiver with Carolina right now. DJ Moore had, you know, only two catches. He had more yards with 65 yards, but Robbie Anderson, six targets, five catches, 55 yards. Doesn't seem to have a ton of week-to-week upside. He scored that one big touchdown against the Raiders. We had a lot of points, but um, you know he's definitely some settled in as like at least a weekly wide receiver three in my book. I'm comfortable starting him every week, but um, you know I'd like to see DJ Moore a little more involved. Um, what did you think of the the Panthers? And you're a big DJ Moore guy. I'm not too concerned with DJ Moore. The Panthers have a really good pair of quarterbacks and one of the better ones in the NFLs. So I'm not really too concerned with the slow day by DJ Moore. I mean, it was still good to see him getting 65 yards. I mean, you get 65 receiving yards every game for 16 games. That's still a thousand yard receiver. So um, still not too worried about that. Hey, I think you mentioned that the that the Panthers have some of the best corners. I think you meant the Chargers have some of the best corners. With Chargers, yes. Yeah, with Chris Harris and Casey Hayward are both uh, some of the better corners in the league for sure. So I I understand where you're going with there. Um, Justin Herbert yeah. had another you know decent day considering it was the second start. They almost got the win, but a couple of turnovers is kind of to be expected from a young quarterback. It was nice to see Austin Eckler super involved again in the passing game. 11 targets on the, and he caught all 11 of them. Um, I think everyone was expecting a little more run from, from Josh Kelly and that never happened really. He only had eight carries. He did have a couple of catches, but the fumble is probably what kind of got him in the doghouse. Um, Keenan Allen, again, you know, nice to see someone have a big day. He was the only one that really had a big day. Um, you know, Hunter Henry had a, you know, considering how short the tight end position is, you know, it was nice to see Hunter Henry have uh, you know, five catches for 50 yards, but, you know, it's still not the best day. Um, I was really disappointed in Mike Williams. He left with an injury too, but, man, he's just become someone that kind of just leave him on your bench or something. I, you know, I played him the last couple of weeks, and he keeps disappointing me. Yeah. Um, I was actually a little discouraged by Justin Herbert, uh, but – as long as he's quarterback, I'm buying any receiving weapon with the Chargers. Um, I know that sounds funny to say, but, I mean, he's chucking the ball up. I mean, he's throwing for a lot of yards, and that's why I'm buying all these receiving weapons, but I'm not buying Justin Herbert because from an NFL standpoint, he only threw one touchdown, and he turned the ball over twice, and the team only scored 16 points, and they lost to a losing team, the Panthers, for crying out loud, who have no defense whatsoever. Right. I'm, I am I think we're going to see Tyrod come back. Yeah, I think that that's how they would prefer to go about things. Herbert's been okay, you know. It's good to get some experience while he has the opportunity to. But um, 
I'll be curious to see what they do once Tyra comes back. I have a feeling they're going to go back to him as well for at least a game or two, unless Herbert really blows up here pretty soon. If nobody can see Herbert from an NFL standpoint and see kind of what we're looking at, sell high on Herbert after this game. I mean, he played the Panthers defense. I can throw for 300 yards with Casey as my receiver against the Panthers defense. <laughs> I, I would say I'm buying Justin Herbert in Dynasty. I'm liking what I'm seeing, but for, for yes. like yes. or anything, yeah, you can go ahead and sell Justin Herbert. Um, our next game, we have the Detroit Lions and the Arizona Cardinals. And I think that the only guy... Hamstring injury that they think could be pretty severe. We'll let Josh talk about that more tomorrow. Um, your boy Tom Brady had a good game. And the running backs, we can avoid at this point right now. Until someone emerges, yeah, just avoid this running back situation. That's pretty much exactly how I feel about you know, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. I don't think LaShawn McCoy is really in the race to be involved. There were some comments that Bruce Arians made the other day about Sean Vaughn even getting a role at some point, but I don't believe that when I see it. Um, on the other side, um, I'm avoiding most Denver players at this point. Jeff Driscoll had a terrible game that we all kind of anticipated and got benched at a certain point for Brett Rippon. They've already signed Blake Bortles. I have a feeling only because they're playing on Thursday night. Um, that's probably why Blake Bortles isn't going to play, but by the following week, we'll probably see him as a starter if Drew Locke isn't back. Um, Lindsay, Philip Lindsay's getting closer to playing, but I'm not, uh, you know, I'm probably not playing him his first week back. We got, I got to see how healthy he is. But Melvin Gordon, not really doing much with his touches. He had a real rough game, you know, and, you know, I guess Jerry Judy was someone that, um, you know, I was curious to see how he was going to do with Cortland Sutton out full time. And, you know, he had nine targets, five catches, 55 yards. I think that he'll see better days once Drew Locke gets healthy, but I'm probably avoiding most of these guys. Noah Fank got 10 targets, but only five catches for 46 yards. It's not a terrible day, but yeah, it's just going to be tough just with these, you know, Jeff Driscoll and he's not a high end backup and, it's going to take a while for Bortles to even adjust if he eventually gets in there. Yeah. Um, I really don't have anything to say about this team because there's really nothing to say about this team. You pretty much covered everything. But I just got to say, because there's nothing to watch on the Broncos and nothing to really watch or care for on the Jets, I'm pretty pissed off we have to watch these two teams play on Thursday night. Right. Uh, yeah, this is going to be two 0-3 teams. I expect that uh, – if Denver's got a chance at a win with a backup quarterback, it's this week. And that's only because the Jets are so god-awful. If the Jets lose this week to the Broncos with Jeff Driscoll or whoever they decide to play at quarterback, I think that it's a done deal that Adam Gase will be fired on by on Friday. There's no way that the Jets could say, okay, you could justify losing on Thursday night to that team with that quarterback. And, their situation they're missing von miller they're missing you know their top receiver they're you know banged up on a lot of areas they don't really have the strongest offensive line to begin with so i'll, I'll call my shot adam case gets fired this week i hope so i really do so let's go ahead and move on down to a more exciting game the cowboys and the seahawks seahawks won 38 to 31 it's a well of a game by Russell Wilson, five passing touchdowns, 315 yards passing. Casey, what'd you think of it? Yeah, this is a super fun game to watch. Russell Wilson's on this insane pace. He's certainly the league MVP at this point. Five touchdowns. He had a two-point conversion uh, to go with it, 315 pass yards. Yeah, what a guy. I mean, geez, if he's if, if you're using him in Madden, he's got to be like a 99 rating at this point, you know? Um Chris Carson had that really awful injury. It looked like that guy was alligator rolling him and twisted his ankle or his knee on purpose. They luckily said that he has a chance to even play as early as this upcoming week. So hopefully that injury isn't as serious as it looked. Um, if it, if he does miss, then I think it, Carlos Hyde's the biggest guy that. Well, Gallup, I'm glad to see him get uh, jump back in there and have a big fantasy day for us. Uh, Felt like some guys were starting to lose grip on him, but 
uh, your receivers are going to go through lumps, especially when there's so many weapons in Dallas. I mean, the ball is going to get spread around. So um, I think we said that pretty clearly in when we were reviewing each division before the season started was some games are going to be Gallup games. Some games are going to be Amari Cooper games. Some games are going to be CD Lamb games. Amari Cooper had the okay game. Michael Gallup had the monster game. Could be flip-flop next week, but yeah, I, I'm still in on Michael Gallup as a wide receiver too. Yeah, maybe he's um, – I'm probably a little more comfortable with him as a wide receiver three than a wide receiver two, but he certainly has that upside. Well, with Dak Prescott throwing for so many yards, I mean, you you can't help but think he can – he has the ceiling of a wide receiver Yeah, he's got the ceiling of a receiver two. I'll give you that. Yeah. Our last game that we have is the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints. This was a fun one. Um, Man, there's really a lot to talk about here. Red, why don't you just take it from wherever you feel like starting – He's, he's the one that has the most upside out of that backfield this week, although we could see DJ Dallas for the first time all year. Um, your boy Tyler Lockett had a big day and nine catches. Why uh, did you guys let him fall to me in the fifth round? Yeah, what a, what a day. He went from being efficient to now he's getting volume too, so he just knew that something like this was going to happen. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you let us know what you think on uh, Tyler Lockett and the rest of the receivers? Man, Tyler Lockett had a heck of a game. Um, I was—I actually got to watch this game. I was on a service call, and I had my iPad with me. I had it all set up over in the corner, and I was on top of a milk tank working and all this stuff. So uh, I actually had the dairyman come in and watch the game with me. It was it was pretty cool. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, Tyler Lockett, he had a heck of a game. Uh, DK Metcalf, there was, there was one play where he kind of made a fool of himself. Uh, he caught a deep touchdown and would-be touchdown, and – Stefan Diggs' little brother, uh, Trevon Diggs, pretty much punched the ball out from from his arms from behind him right before he went into the end zone. So, uh, but still, DK Metcalf. I mean, he still had 110 yards and a touchdown, but it could have been a much bigger game from DK Metcalf. Um, I don't think the Cowboys' defense exists at all, and neither does the Seahawks' defense. Like, if you got fantasy players playing against either of these two teams, fire them up. Their their surefire starts that week. Yeah, it's weird to see the Seahawks defense giving up 31 points, but Dallas's offense is also very good. And Dak Prescott is, shoot, you know, you threw for 472 yards and three touchdowns. Are you kidding me? That's that's insane. He did have the two interceptions and and a fumble, but still, you know, he's uh, when they're throwing the ball 57 times like they did this last week, and I think they're willing to do that week in week out. Only they, you know, he's he's a high end QB one week in week out. Zeke had 12 targets. He only caught six of them for 24 yards. That's because it couldn't get anything going on the ground. The you know, 14 carries for 34 yards. He did have a touchdown. Um, another guy you don't want to chase the, the points with is Cedric Wilson, who, like, everyone's like, who the heck is Cedric Wilson? You know, he's that uh, receiver that had five catches for 107 yards and two touchdowns, but he's clearly not going to play ahead of. Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. You know, he just happened to have a good day where they're playing a lot of four wide receiver sets. Um, but between all three of those receivers, I'll, I'll buy all of them. You know, Michael Gallup finally had a nice day. Uh, Mari Cooper didn't score, but had a nice day. Even CeeDee Lamb had a decent day. Um, you know, Dalton Schultz didn't do much. He's, you know, worth having on your roster, I guess. But I wouldn't, I would expect this to be. Probably one of his better days, too. They're going to have the receivers and more involved. I dislike Alvin Kamara. <laughs> I cannot stand him this year. I I don't even want him on my fantasy football team this year. I Two two weeks in a row, two weeks in a row on prime time, I'm done with players with a very comfortable lead, and Alvin Kamara throws a middle finger up to me last Monday night. And guess what? I lost by one point in that league. One point because of that last Alvin Kamara catch. Guess what happened this week? I was up 30-something points. And what happened? Alvin Carrera had, what, two touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns, 139 receiving yards. And then, no, he did not have another rushing touchdown. Dude put up 43 points. Slap me across the face again. Two weeks ago, two weeks in a row, two different leagues. Alvin Kamara, you guys can drop him. You guys can drop Alvin Kamara. <laughs> I mean, he's a one-man wrecking crew, man. He's he's the Christian McCaffrey this year. The top two running backs are out. It's hard to not argue as Alvin Kamara is the RB one this year. It, at this point, it's it's hard to not argue that. 
I mean, Alvin Kamara is a beast. It's just nice to see that Drew Brees likes to get him the ball no matter what. Like they, he got he caught thirteen of uh, fourteen targets yesterday, and you know had another six carries. So he had nineteen touches, but you'd think from him being a running back, most of them would come in the you know, form of carries, but they come as receptions too. You know, they get Latavius Murray pretty involved in the ground as well. So um, he's one of the highest in handcuffs in all of football, but. Um, you know, yeah, Kamara, it's, it, you can't really say enough about him at this point. Drew Brees had a nice day, and, you know, nice to see Emmanuel Sanders had a decent day. He was someone that at this point it's been hard to rely on him. And between, you know, all the Saints receivers, that's basically it. You know, they really like having Kamara involved. You know, the, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers didn't have Devontae Adams to throw to, but he still had a really nice day, especially thrown to uh, Alan Lazard, you know. Everyone else was kind of lightly involved, but Lazard had a big day, and Aaron Jones, just another, you know, he didn't, this was like probably one of his worst games he's had in a while, and he's still, you know, 69 rush yards and a touchdown and 17 receiving yards. If that's his floor, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Aaron Jones, he looked good, though. 16 carries, 69 yards, touchdown. I mean, it wasn't an amazing, it wasn't an amazing game, but the New Orleans Saints defense run defense is really good. I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, or I think every time I talk about the Saints run defenses, they haven't allowed a hundred yard rusher since 2017. And man, I thought Aaron Jones had a chance to do it this week, but nope, did not happen. So, um, but yeah, no, this is a game. I unfortunately missed this game, so I didn't get to watch a lot of it. Um, I caught, I think like the last tail end driving home last night from a service call, but um I didn't really get to watch a lot of this game, unfortunately. I like to watch it. Yeah, Kamara was really fun to watch last night. That was, that was cool. No, he wasn't. I'm sure he was not. <laughs> I hate that guy. I can't stand yeah. him. <laughs> I think if I play against him in fantasy, I'm just gonna just throw in the towel that week, bench all my players. I don't think you know? I don't think I've ever had him on one of my fantasy rosters. I've never really liked him until maybe this year from a fantasy person. Not that I disliked him. I just, I didn't like him as high as you had to draft him. This year was like the first year where I was willing to take him that high, but I just never just didn't just didn't have the opportunity to. And I'm like, dang it. The one year I like him is the one year he's really popping off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's going to win you. He's going to win you your weeks. And I mean, for people who were scared of the knee injury and let him slide past like Dalvin Cook, and I think in some drafts I've seen Nick Chubb get drafted over him. And man, I gotta say, if you got him around that seven, eight, nine area, that's that's really good value for that league winner. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, well, that's all of our games. We've got the Monday night game still going on right now. The third quarter is literally ticking away, about to end. Um, I'm stressing right now. I have a half point lead. <laughs> well, you I have a half point lead. The Ravens are about to, you know, they might score at second and goal. It's 27 13 Chiefs. So, half point lead, I would assume Patrick Mahomes, is, if you're playing against Tim, is going to score a half point. Do you have anyone going tonight? Or you're done, right? Yeah, I have I have Travis Kelsey and Clyde Edwards Alaire. Oh, okay. So, you, you could still. You can still pull it out if Mahomes throws to one of them. Yeah, well, well, what's nice is Mahomes hit that 300-yard bonus, and in our league we give a – well, you know, we get a five-point bonus for going over 300 yards passing, rushing, or receiving, uh, 100 each for rushing and receiving. But um, I got Kelsey at 70 receiving yards right now. So He's got a whole quarter to get uh, 30 receiving yards, and if he does, then you get – there's that, and if not, I got Clyde Dallaire who, I mean, if this league gets any bigger, he they could run the ball out, so yeah. – um, but still, I mean, I'm facing Pat Mahomes. I mean, that's that's no walk in the park. Yeah, that's that's like uh, one of the worst situations you can go to when you're in a close game. <laughs> Even owning his weapons, and it's a four point for passing touchdown league. So if a touchdown goes to Kelsey, that's cool. But you know, that's uh, man, I needed to pay off here. It's a tight end premium too. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, before we head out, shout out to our sponsors, uh, Druder Farms and Adland Protective Services. Thank you both. Appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll be back probably, probably record tomorrow with Josh so we can go over some injuries. We'll go over the finish of this Monday night game, preview some of the games going into week four of the NFL season. Um, before we wrap it up, Red, 
other than drink your milk, you got any little final thoughts? Ah, just thanks for everyone for listening and subscribing. Thanks for the feedback. We appreciate you guys. Right on. Same. Yeah. Don't forget to drink your milk and we'll see you next time. Peace out. Peace out.